listening into the conversation is Charles Nyukwonge, who is an African affairs commentator. He's now joining us on the line. Charles, good afternoon. Thank you so much uh, for making time for us. Uh, just start off with what Didaba has just reported now. One of the polling stations not allowing voters to vote because according to the rules, apparently, the president must first vote and President Felix Chisekedi has not arrived at that polling station as yet. Well, that is um, really unfortunate, um, but I think we need to look at the brighter side of, of, of this. Um, elections are, are ongoing. That's the first thing. And other polling stations, um, they, there are very minimal glitches. I am sure that whenever the president does vote, or if he does vote, that those who want to cast their votes in that polling station will be allowed to cast their votes and that them, uh, um, the situation would permit, including the security and lighting, so that those who want to cast their votes should vote. Um, I understand that those who have not, um, uh, those who registered in that polling station were fully aware of the fact that um, to vote there, um, there will be these, there will be these kinds of um, uh, possible, I don't like to call it delays, I'd like to say that um, uh, the president is attending to other special special duties. But by and large, um, for, your, for, your, for your listeners, what I want to say is that elections have three phases, the pre-election phase, the election phase, and the post-election phase. The pre-election phase seems to have gone very well. They've opened the political space for new contestants, new arrivals. They've opened the political space for even people who were previously um, uh, not allowed to put their candidature, and they have all um, campaigned freely. Um, today is voting day, and I'm sure that each one of them encouraged their citizens or encouraged their, 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 their supporters to go out massively, whether yeah. through rain or sunshine, to patiently wait to vote. Sure. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit uh, taken aback by almost your nonchalant um, approach to um, voters not being able to vote because the president hasn't arrived. And you saying that, sure, they should have known that that's the possibility. But it is, isn't it the constitution of the country that says that each vote is actually equal? Um, and you need to ensure that the political environment is of such nature that each person can actually participate in, um, in the polls. I very much agree to the fact that that is a constitutional provision. However, if there are other um, uh, regulatory, um, uh, like bylaws, as far as certain police stations are concerned, and people register there when they have other options, I believe that they, they, they would have known. Even in South Africa, for instance, when elections are taking place, yes, what the gentleman was saying earlier on, the presidents do come out early. It's unfortunate that the president hasn't come out, and we cannot speculate why it is so. I believe that um, at the end of the day, we are going to get this. Mm. Let's get to discuss this after if people are actually disenfranchised. But for now, no one has been disenfranchised. People are waiting patiently. I believe that in this polling station is probably where most of his supporters are, and they are going to wait and celebrate when he votes, and then they would also cast their votes. Okay, let's speak then about um, the the elections themselves. 26 candidates initially that were registered to vote, and uh, now we have some of those candidates that have withdrawn um, their candidature, and also, but the names still remain on the polling, um, on the voting, on the voting ballot itself. From your end and your perspective, looking into uh, Felix Chisekedi's campaign going into these elections, do you see him being re-elected? I, I'm afraid I, I am not able to speculate. I can only speak to the fact that for the candidates whose names remained in the ballot, um, most of them would have withdrawn much later than than um, than the regulations provide. So that's why their names remain in the ballot when the ballot uh, would have been printed. It's very unfortunate because these ballots are costly for the country. But by and large, um, it's a good thing, at least that 
all the candidates who put in their candidature that they are actually there and the people of the Congo have a, a latitude or a, a great number of, of, of people to, to choose from. It's also good at the same time that some of the candidates themselves have coalesced to form stronger coalitions that can that can rival um, uh, um, it's 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 all for me good news for the DRC that is um, really organizing its one of its, its its best chances of of free and fair elections since its independence in 2000 and uh, in in 1960 uh, finally on the observer missions um one of the regional blocks um saying that they're not sending their um they won't be there physically to monitor the elections but then on the other end as well is um the african union what do you make of their attempt to actually try and use satellite equipment to monitor the elections of course which has been denied by the state well, as far as election monitoring is concerned, that is a costly venture um, because usually election observers and first, uh, the first of all send long-term observers who go to observe the environment before the elections. Then they send short-term observers who go there two or three days before the elections to, to, to support the long-term mission so that they can have a broader um, outreach into the country and, and observe the day of the elections. So that in itself is a very costly process. Now, in terms of digital monitoring, that is an innovation in, in technology. Um, it is nothing which is particular only to the DRC. In terms of in project management, international organizations are already doing that, using satellites, using, um, using drones to actually monitor the execution of projects. If this is the case which they were actually in, um, trying to test with the DRC, it is well and fine in my view. It's this is this um, uh, this is where the world the direction that the world is going to. The DRC is refusing today. South Africa might accept tomorrow if the country is so large and if it is cost effective to actually uh, monitor elections that we are to have real time images that everybody can see that this is what is happening in this in this area and in this and in these polling sessions. So it's unfortunate. I don't know the reasons why the DRC refused that, but I believe that um, uh, this is the direction that the world is taking today. Um, just a quick final one, uh, Charles. Um, the, the the tension between um, the DRC and Rwanda has been widely reported, but now the recent development that has taken place um, in Kenya as well and where President Felix Tshisekedi has argued that the people who have formed this coalition or, or alliance um, in, in Kenya should have actually been arrested by um, the Kenyan authorities. What's your take on that? Do you think that um, there could be grooming tensions or growing tensions, brewing tensions between um, the DRC as well as Kenya? I believe that the tensions have already started. The DRC okay. believes that those who formed the political and military alliance should have been arrested. Kenya doing so is not any crime or that they have not crime um, in their country, they, they are illegal in their country where um, freedom of association is, is guaranteed. I think by and large, and secondly, for me, the DRC continues to deface or to run away from security sector reforms. Why we have so many um, de facto military groups in the DRC is because the security sector reform has not united the military, has not looked at the challenges which the military has. And until the DRC realizes that whether it is M23, whether it is um, uh, F FDLR, that these are first and foremost Rwandese, Rwandese or Congolese soldiers who pledged their lives to Congo and who are not being treated fair by the military in Congo. And that, that's the reason why they defect into these, into these rebellions, that the DRC would not be dealing with the real issue. The fact remains, when people defect from the DRC, and I've seen several of them who defect from the National Army because of poor working conditions, poor pay, 
they defect into rebellions, which the DRC needs to have a conversation with itself, with its military, so that the military becomes a military for the defense of the state and not the military which is disgruntled with the state that they are supposed to defend. Thank you so much for your time. That is uh, Charles Nyukonge, who is an African affairs commentator.